Welcome to Reframe Your Life, a podcast for women who are on a spiritual journey and want to reclaim a vibrant and authentic faith. I'm your host and fellow traveler, Sandy Reynolds. Hello, thanks for joining me today for episode 86. And this is one of those episodes that has been brewing for a little while. It's a topic that I think a lot of us really struggle with, and it is the desires of our heart. And depending on your background, you may already have made some kind of a connection with that phrase, desires of your heart. But I wanted to start out with telling you about an email that I got this week from a friend with the subject line that said, what do you want? And I had to smile when I saw that subject line because I have probably written three blog posts with that same subject line, what do you want? It is one of my favorite lines to ask people. I first heard it when I watched Scandal and Olivia Pope would ask her clients that, what do you want? And I realize that's such a fundamental question for us in our lives. So I looked at that subject line and then I started reading it and it was a really long email and it had that dreaded sentence in the first paragraph that said, you might want to make yourself a cup of tea, do some deep breathing and then launch into this email. So I knew what was coming wasn't going to be something really comfortable to read because nobody starts an email that way when it's just a joke they're forwarding. I read it and then I read it to my husband and I was a little bit weepy when I read it to him and being the sensitive guy that he is, he said something like, wow, the truth hurts, doesn't it? And then he said, you know what, she's a real friend and you should thank her for taking the time to say what she said to you. And he was absolutely correct and I did send her a text right away and thanked her because if there's one thing that I know, it's when you send an email like that, it's a risk and you are also waiting to hear how the person who received that email Response. So I wanted to let her know right away that I was grateful for her email and we followed it up with a conversation. Another thing that my husband said to me is, she's doing for you what you do for other women. You help them see the truth so they can grow. And I was thinking about it through that lens and it really helped me to reframe it a little bit and recognize how important it is for us to send those kinds of challenging emails to another person. So what was that email all about? Well, I had decided to take a two-week job at a community college. It was an admin job and, you know, it was kind of a filler. It was just easy money for me and it was a bit of a boost of income after what's been a pretty lean summer. Traditionally in the work I do, we don't have a lot of bookings in the summer. People aren't booking speakers and there's not a lot of workshops and coaching going on. We all kind of go into summer mode and it's why I've actually been using the time to develop a course this summer. 
But earlier this year, I had decided that I really wanted to focus my business or at least a part of my work on helping women reclaim a vibrant and healthy spirituality. It's been a journey that I've been on for a long time in my life and I enlisted my friend and actually former podcast host to hold me accountable for refocusing my work because I knew that the kind of work I want to do was also going to be the kind of work that would ask me to be very courageous in pursuing because it's talking about faith and spirituality and although it's near and dear to my heart, it's also very close to who I am and not quite as safe as doing leadership development like I've done most of my career. So when she caught wind that I was taking a two-week job, she confronted me and pushed back on it and really challenged me. And she was right. She asked me if this was what I really wanted. And she said, that she felt like it was going to be a two-week detour for me, that I would lose momentum in my job, that I was looking for the easy road, and it just wasn't going to take me where I wanted to go. So it was really hard for me to hear that, but I know that she really cares about me and really believes in what I'm doing and wants to push me to do it. So... I started thinking about it. I turned down the job and it led me back to my original intention and the desire behind it. And the desire is to help you become more aligned spiritually and to find that kind of healthy, vibrant faith that I feel that I've discovered in my life. And it takes a lot of work and I know that you can't do it alone. So the first thing I want to talk about today is what are desires and why is that so important? So a very basic definition of desire is a strong feeling to want or have something. So we have lots of desires. I desire to be healthy. I desire to have good friends. I desire a good night's sleep, especially after a restless night's sleep. So we all have longings and desires. As you know, if you've been listening to the podcast, I have talked about quotes and books and how important they are to me. And I use the Evernote app to save um, book notes and quotes after I've read something. So I did a search through my app to look and see what I had already written or referenced in the area of desires and I found this great quote and I must have written it a long time ago because I looked at the author and I don't think I've read this author for many many years John Eldridge he said we are desire it is the essence of the human soul the secret of our existence absolutely nothing of human greatness is ever accomplished without it Not a symphony has been written, a mountain climbed, an injustice fought, or a love sustained apart from desire. Desire fuels our search for the life we prize. So when I think of it in that context, 
I realized that working at a community college for two weeks was not something that I desire at all. It really was just a stall tactic. Maybe on some level, I was avoiding the pain of putting myself out there and looking for an easy solution, albeit a short-term solution to a problem. So as we go through this, I want you to start thinking about your own desires and what you want in life, especially in this area of the kind of spiritual life that you want and how you want your life to be full of meaning and connection to that which is most important to you and in my belief system is the thing that holds all things together. So desire can get really complicated for some of us. I talked to a couple of people as I was writing these notes this week, and one of them said something interesting to me. She said, I think that we have two levels of desire. And I don't think this originated with her, and I'm going to probably circle back to it a bit later, but she said, I think that we have macro desires and micro desires, and She suggested that her macro desire was to help people to learn how to really collaborate and work together effectively, and that her micro desire was her business and the choices that she's made to achieve that macro desire. And at the time, I thought that made a lot of sense. I'm not sure I totally agree with it now that I've thought a little bit more about it. I think that... It's like saying that we have good desires and then we can't trust the way that we go about accomplishing those desires. And one of the things that I've been thinking about is that sometimes we just need to start moving in the direction of seeing the changes that we want to see and know that as we take action, we'll start to be redirected. So Maybe you hold that belief as well. It would be interesting for you to sit down and make a list of your beliefs around desire, and I will put up a worksheet to help you do that. Uh, Someone else I talked to said he doesn't think about desires. He said he makes choices based on what he believes is the right thing to do and not about desires. But I pushed back on that a little bit. And I suggested to him that maybe doing the right thing might be his desire. And so although it sounds like on the surface that he doesn't have desires, his need to get things right and do the right thing is probably fulfilling his desires on some basic level. I think the Enneagram is helpful in helping us to understand and get to the root of some of our desires. And I knew that this man that I was talking to was a one on the Enneagram. And so it makes sense that he would see himself as operating from a place of doing the right thing and not of desire. So something else to think about there for you about your desires Here's some other beliefs that I've been taught around desires. I've been taught not to trust my feelings or my desires, that they are not good and can't be trusted. In some church traditions, we are taught that 
at the core of who we are is evil. And so if you believe that and you operate from a premise that you if you really did what you wanted, you would pursue evil, that's a very scary thought and can be a real barrier to exploring desires and keep you from trusting your your inner thoughts and feelings and intuition. Another thing I've been taught is that desires are similar to feelings and that they're not scientific or factual or objective in any way. And so we can't trust them because our desires can change. And they do change. And I think that's a good thing that our desires change. I don't necessarily think that means that they're not to be trusted in any way. Along that line, you might have been taught that you shouldn't make decisions based on feelings or emotions. And to that thinking, I want to say that all of our decisions or 95% of your decisions are based on emotions. You can see that in other people all the time when they say that they're going to pursue something and then they go through some kind of process to make a decision. And at the end of the day, they just read the data to back up what they really wanted to do anyway. So I think we need to be a little bit honest about that in our decision making, that our emotions and our feelings play a big part into the things that we choose to do. I said I was going to circle back to that idea of having two different kinds of desires. And when I was looking through some of my books and notes on this topic of desire, I came across a book I've had since 1998 by Margaret Silf, and the book is called Landmarks. And she talks about desires using the example of a tree. And she said, we are like trees and we have root desires and we have branch desires. And according to her way of looking at desires, our root desires are the things that are very deep, that go deep into the ground that we look to for nourishment. So they would be desires like desire for security or significance or belonging, those kinds of things. Our branch desires, according to Margaret Silf, are the things that we put out there. So our desires to creatively express ourselves and our desire for a friend that we can really talk deeply with. And those are another type of desire. She suggests we look to our branch desires so we take the outside expression of what we desire to really allow that and follow that down into what our root desires are. So another way to think of it, I don't know if the book is still available. She also suggests that one way to get in touch with your deepest desires is to look at the type of stories that you were drawn to as a child, especially fairy tales. And I know I've done this work before. One of my very favorite stories as a child was Cinderella. I still have my copy of Cinderella, and it is just worn. The cover had fallen off of it. I read it over and over again. And Margaret Silf said there are four kinds of stories that we read in our childhood fairy tales. And they are the Becoming Who I Really Am story, which is a Cinderella story. 
Free Me From the Evil Spell story, which is a Snow White story. Love Changes Everything, which would be the uh, Prince, the Toad, Kiss the Frog story. And Put Me Together Again stories. And that would be a Humpty Dumpty kind of story. So think about that. What were the stories and what are the stories that you really love? What are the themes in stories? And that can give you some direction if you're really struggling to know what you desire and what you want. As women, our lives are very complex and we can have a really hard time feeling selfish about our desires and feel like we might be putting ourselves first. I remember hearing a lot of mixed messages in my background around desires and sometimes finding it really hard to know what I, Sandy Reynolds, wanted. I knew what everybody else wanted and expected and it was a bit of a difficult process. And one day I read a verse in scripture that says, God gives you the desires of your heart. And I started thinking about things differently. At sometimes that verse is interpreted in Christian tradition to mean that God gives you the things you want. But when I kind of reframed that verse a little bit, I thought, no, God gives you the desire for the things that you want. So your, your desires are actually from God. And I think that's a healthy spirituality to realize that if you are connected to God, if you believe in a higher power, and I don't want to assume that everyone is the same faith tradition as I am, um, so if you are believing that there is a higher power and that you are able to connect to that higher power, then it makes sense to me that that, would, that power that I call God would give you the desires to make this world a better place and that you could trust your desires. This week I was reading a book a friend gave me by Sage Levine and it is about developing your business and I found the title a little bit hokey so I resisted reading it but I picked it up. It's called Women Rocking Business and I've been surprised to find the content so focused on the spiritual side of business and career. She talks about our desires as being the yellow brick road she says they're the stepping stones that lead us to our destiny. And when we start to pay attention to what we desire, we start to make decisions that are aligned with our truest self. And here's a fascinating thought that she shares. The word desire comes from a Latin root meaning star or heavenly body. Desire can be broken down to mean of the sire which translates to the kingdom of God or of the kingdom of God. And when I read that, I immediately thought of a teaching that we should seek first the kingdom of God. And what if following your desires is actually seeking first the kingdom of God? What if all the other stuff we take on, all the shoulds and oughts, are really creating a barrier to being who we were designed to be? 
I think getting clear on your desires is the first step in reclaiming a healthy and vibrant spiritual life. It's going to mean letting go of judgment of your desires, learning to listen to yourself, spending time reflecting and journaling, and having a way to discern or a process of discernment. And I'm going to do the next podcast on the whole topic of discernment. I don't think many of us have a good discernment process. I think we have one when we're in crisis. We might look for how am I going to make a choice here? But a way that we decide in our day-to-day living how to choose and how to discern is really important and I think worth talking about. So if you really want to know your desires, I think having a good discernment process is going to help you feel comfortable that these are actually the deepest, best, and truest things that you could want in your life. Kathleen Fisher wrote a book called Women at the Well, Feminist Perspectives on Spiritual Direction. And she said that the capacity to listen to one's deepest feelings and desires is not something that can be assumed in a woman's spiritual discernment process. And that it's actually a goal of spiritual direction. We need to distinguish our deepest wants from the shoulds what my parents wanted me to do, what my spouse wants me to do, what my family wants me to do, what will please others and meet their expectations, and from passing likes and dislikes. She adds that once a woman begins to answer the question, what do I most deeply want, that they need to trust that this is what God also wants for them. For many of us, believing that being authentically ourselves and being the person God wants us to be couldn't be the same thing. It reminds me of a conversation I had with my spiritual director, and I said something in a, as we were working through a discernment process. I think I worded it like, I think I want to work with women to help them reclaim a healthy spirituality, but I'm not sure if that's from me or from God. And he looked at me and he said, why does it matter? And I realized that I had internalized some messages about how these things work and that there was my voice that wasn't to be trusted and then there was God's voice that I could trust and that I needed some burning bush or some writing on the wall to know that this was the right thing to do and he was so helpful in helping me to understand that as I am listening and being in tune with myself and what I want that I can trust that voice is the voice of God leading me. As women we're so used to shaping our lives around what everyone else wants and needs, that it's difficult to know what we really want. And I think that's why for a lot of us, this work comes later in life, after we've had our kids in our family and we're no longer in those primary caregiving roles, that we can start to really explore who we are and what we want. So the next thing I want to get into with you is discernment. 
And I want to ask you to think about your desires in the next few weeks before we get into that topic of discernment. And what do you want? And how do you know if that's your truest and best desire or if that's not to be trusted? So the next episode is going to be on the topic of discernment and I want to talk to you about a process that I use and some ideas around how you can learn to really listen deeply to that which is deepest within you and to be able to trust that you are choosing the right things and that your desires are good. It's been my desire my entire adult life to work with women, to help them find out who they really are and then align their life so that expresses the beauty and the purpose that is deep within them. Go to sandyreynolds.com and you'll find a link in the banner to sign up for my mailing list. I'd love to keep you informed on what's happening. Get weekly updates on my blog, You'll be notified when a new episode is launched of Reframe Your Life. You'll get show notes and downloads to help you to really work through and reflect on some of the topics that we're exploring. You'll also be sent an introductory offer for my new course that is launching in October. It is tentatively titled Call of the Sacred, and in it I will help you to construct a vibrant and healthy spirituality that is aligned with your truest self. So please sign up and also drop by iTunes and leave me a review and share this episode with a woman who you know would benefit from it. Thank you.